Hey, welcome to the Black Knight Nation podcast. I'm your host, Sal Interdonado. The Black Knight Nation podcast is sponsored by Higher Echelon. Higher Echelon is a company run by former Army fullback and former Army football player Joe Ross. We thank Higher Echelon for sponsoring this podcast. Um, entering our second year with Higher Echelon, they've been a big supporter of the Black Knight Nation podcast. We thank them so much. Here with co-host Steve Anderson. Steve, uh, this is a Sunday night podcast, right? It's uh, midnight on the East Coast. But we have our special guest is coming to you from uh, Hawaii, I believe, Adisa King. Adisa King, uh, welcome to the Black Knight Nation podcast. Hey, I appreciate it. Uh, glad to be here. And uh, aloha. That's all I got to say. Right? <laughs> <laughs> yes, yeah, so yeah, no, uh, you know, we had, uh, we, you know, uh, when Colonel King first mentioned he wanted to do it Sunday night, I was like, okay, sweet. We'll do it like 10 p.m. Eastern time. He was like, that's like four o'clock here. <laughs> not quite it's not quite evening time so uh we uh quick yeah. little uh quick little math edit there and uh but yeah we able to work it out uh glad to have you on sir always good uh seeing you um i know we stay pretty connected through um you know everything social media and everything but so always yeah. good to get a little one-on-one time with uh colonel king i appreciate that man glad glad to be here sal and and steve i tell you man it's just uh I think it's phenomenal. Um, phenomenal what y'all doing. We're staying connected. So uh, let's go, man. Ready for it. Talk to us a little bit about your West Point journey and what kind of where it started. And I know it's, it's I mean, you were you were also around the program within, you know, the, new, the newer part of, our, of the Army football program, too. So talk to us a little bit, first of all, how it started. Well, if if anything, it starts with my brother, Akili. You know, people know him as, as AK. Uh, and it's, it's kind of funny because now some people associate me with AK, but that's a whole nother story with Coach Luce. But it really started with him in high school, following my brother through his uh, kind of behind his, his footsteps. And, you know, I remember Perry Fuel, right? People don't probably remember Perry Fuel. He was the recruiter that came down, but it also became the defensive coordinator for Giants and plenty of other teams. So he, he's moved up, but he stayed connected with us. And he came, recruited my brother, and my brother went up to the prep school. And I'll never forget, he came back from his first visit from the prep, I mean, not visit, but from his um, being at the prep school, taking a break. He came back home to visit. Man, he had money in his pocket. And I'm like, what? And you get to play football? You get to do I'm like, sign me up. I was like, coach, uh, I play I play cornerback. At the time, I was quarterback, and I was a free safety, and I saw that and I was like, not just because security, but it was more an opportunity, really somewhat like a lot of kids today. You get to play at the D one level. You get to be on TV. Come on, seriously. And you get to compete. And then after that, um, you know, you, you got kind of not to say a guarantee, but you're not worried about what I call the first and the 15th of the month. You're not worried about it getting paid. You're trying to figure out the whole army thing. And the fact is, that's, you know, I had to say yes, sir, and no, sir, you know, being from Mississippi, uh, that, that was normal, you know, you, you know, when it just sometimes you need to shut up sometimes. So I kind of knew that kind of structured military life, but it was really started with my brother. And, and when he got recruited, I saw the opportunity. Then again, he he played as a freshman, right? Uh, and, and even sometimes a sophomore. So I'm like, whoa, okay, there's opportunity there that I really, uh, really enjoyed seeing him and i really wanted to be a part of it and heck man our family traveled everywhere so whenever he was playing was north carolina against wake forest against anywhere we would travel there and so i became inculcated with army and beat navy before i even knew what navy was funny story my brother wanted to um he wanted to be a navy seal but navy told him no you can't go to the academy so he's like okay and he followed that way. So after that, that's how I really got started, man, with him and got to rolling into the academy and got the visit going. And uh, Coach Sutton, I will tell you this right now. Some people, they got their very views about him. But I will tell you, with Coach Sutton, uh, a, a kind of a hero in my book. Why? I'm a young kid. I, I got other recruiting visits, right? Other offers go to Southern Miss, uh, Alabama State, and a couple other schools. But I was like, Coach, whatever you have to do, West Point's where I want to go. He said, you sure? I'm like, Coach, this is where I want to go. Next thing you know, about four days later, 
I got accepted to the prep school. I'm like, that's it. It's game on. It was game on. So it, it is just he, him, Coach Luce, you know, several of the coaches there just had a really impact on me. And I saw the culture of the, of the team and I really wanted to be a part of it. Plus, you know, I had this vision of being quarterback and handing it off to my brother. Yeah, that was a dream, man. No, <laughs> not so much. Now, uh, sir, did you have a um, uh, pretty good relationship with the coaching staff prior to, you know, they officially recruiting you? Um, having been around the team, or was it um, like, hey, they came to saw you play, and you, you know, your your recruiting came the same way as every other player, where they saw you play, and that's when they started talking to you. Or was there any kind of connection through your brother that your brother oh, yeah. was like, you got to check this guy out? Listen, it was it was not. It was listen when Coach Fuel came down, um, and hey, he he saw my brother play, and, and you know then. And when Coach Luce not Fuel also uh, recruited me, and it was like, hey, he has a brother too, and they they, they like the film, and it, it, that kind of led one thing to another, right? Uh, and of course, Academy huge, you know. After you know, when I came, when I first met you, Steve, when I learned the Academy's huge about hey, making it a family legacy, our family affair. So if I have one brother here, and there's an opportunity, whether it's brother or sister. Why would I not want to go recruit, especially if they if they have some kind of ability to develop? Uh, it just really helps out the organization. So I knew the coaches. Coaches knew knew a little bit of me, but then um, everything else kind of fell into place when they looked at film and say, "Okay, let's see where we can put them." And it definitely wasn't on the offensive side of the ball. <laughs> lots of uh, lots of good stories like that. I, I just one that I remember is the the Bentler brothers. Um, you know. Yeah. Fritz not getting a lot of time at Iowa, Iowa State and and uh, transferring and and Ted who was one of the most intense people ever, uh, <laughs> you know Ted time. Uh, <laughs> uh, he transferred, used up a year of eligibility just yeah. so he could play with his brother. Um, yeah. So it's it's definitely uh, like you said, sir. It's a it's a great recruiting tool, um, sure. and it's it's a no brainer. You know you you want to play with your siblings, like you said, like you're you're the picture of you handing your ball off to AK um, was like more than, more than uh, any other school could offer you. So exactly. Exactly. Pretty cool. When, um, now I know you said, you know, you, you, um, you grew up saying yes, sir. Yes, ma'am. You know, in Mississippi, but there's always a little bit of a culture shock. Um, now you said your brother went to prep school, yeah. sir. You went to, you went to prep school. You were direct. Uh, no, you were, <laughs> you were prep school as well. Right. Oh yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. My brother, but my sister, she, she went, but she did not go to the prep school. She was smarter than both of us. <laughs> That's another story, but yeah, I would say, wouldn't you say culture shock? No. Uh, because my brother said, Hey, you need to do two things. Shut up and move fast when they tell you to move. And I'll tell you what, now the only culture shock that I did have, is when I came around the corner and I saw these guys, Smokey Bear hats. Y'all didn't have those, but we did. Drill sergeants. When I came around the corner of the prep school down at Fort Mama, New Jersey, I'm like all big and bad, thinking I'm good to go, have a bag in hand. And I had this dude screaming at me. I'm like, I didn't sign up for this. <laughs> what are y'all screaming? I didn't do nothing. But then it kicked in. My brother said, hey, I tell you what to do. Do it and do it fast. And that's exactly, exactly what I did. And I saw, unfortunately, you always got to have somebody next to you, right? That screws up, that takes attention off you. And unfortunately, he started asking questions and he started taking his bags out slow. And they just went from me to him. I'm like, whoa, snap. <laughs> I dumped everything in my bag real quick. So that right there was my quick lesson. Just, hey, shut your mouth, do what you got to do so you don't get any attention on you. Now, it's always um, it's always uh, interesting to me to hear players that went to the prep school. How many guys were you able to keep at the prep to go into the academy? What kind of core group would you say came with you um, from prep school? What kind of season did you have at prep school, and and kind of uh, basically what what led to the next you know the leadership when you became a senior at, at the academy? Well, I tell you, the prep school it, it's, it was dynamic because you got we had athletes. I mean, and it's raw and everybody's just 
bonded together. That's what I truly loved about the prep school. Uh, you got bigger, you got faster. Uh, and, and our pride and joy is when we went up, um, we, when we played against the, I guess, the JV team up there and we spanked that butt, man. You know, we spanked that butt and we were just, we, we were just excited about that opportunity. So a lot of guys uh, stayed, stayed and we stayed together because just like anything else, it's like you, we want to be the part of that core group going into the next class. Uh, which is which is always neat, and of course you lose people here and there, uh, either for academic reasons or whatever. Um, but that's where you begin a nucleus of people who say, you know what, let's make this thing happen. Let's let's be be a part of something that's that's great, um, and, and that was just phenomenal. Plus, the only back, you know, I want to say, not bad thing, but sometimes it was um, all the coaches didn't always come down, right? So you didn't know you wanted to ensure that the coach knew you. But this is where you begin to learn. Hey, man, just be part of the team. Don't don't worry about hey, coach knows my name. A coach didn't say nothing to me. And like, hey, listen, perform. Let us let that speak for you. And that's where you begin to develop that there. A little bit of what I call that toughness. Right. You don't need, you know, you don't need someone just kind of rubbing you and stroking you all the time. It's like, hey, dude, perform on the field. Let's let your performance speak for you. I was fortunate enough, and I've mentioned this several times, and of course you know, but Coach Kyle Weaker used to always tell us, you know, the eye in the sky don't lie. And, uh, cool. you know, if if a coach doesn't talk to you or, you know, because we, we were fortunate enough to spank JV's, you know, butt when we went up there. Um, but, you know, you'd always hear guys like, hey, Coach, you think, you think um, you know, you think the coaches up there saw me? And Coach K would be like, eye in the sky don't lie. If you, if you put it on film – the coaches up there will see it. And that's really, that's the only, you know, that's, that's the only uh, advice he'd give us if, if guys were worried about if, if the coaches up at West Point, um, you know, saw our film or, or whatever. Yeah. And they can tell who hustles too. They can tell us like, if you, you pull up on a play, you pull up on a, on a, on a drill, you pull up on anything, even in a game, you pull up in a game. It doesn't lie to me. Uh, are you hurt or something? And so the people that went all out, you know, that that's I saw that that that's where it was helpful. I would say if you're talking about getting noticed uh, for, for players. Adisa, you were saying that, you know, your dreams were to be an Army quarterback. But when you get to West Point, you're they they put you on the defensive side of the ball, didn't they or now? Well, no, no. I, I So my dream, again, while I was in high school, I mm -hmm. wanted to be the quarterback and, you know, option throwing. My big long lanky legs, but uh, but then this is when coach, <laughs> coach like, uh, we're gonna put you on 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 defense because I mean I, I think it was better for me, better fit for me on on defense wise because uh, basically being able to cover the ground, especially as a free safety uh, that tall. So coach like, this is where we can put you, and then uh, and and it developed from there though too. Opportunity came. Coach Luce looked at me, and said, "Hey, you want to get on the field?" I'm like. What, what you need, coach? All right, we're gonna move you outside linebacker. Like, Roger that. Outside linebacker. Where you at? Let's go. Uh, and that's the mentality that I think we built or it developed, right? Uh, especially at the prep school, uh, because man, you, you know, I don't mind if you're on JV, but hey, if I can help out, if I can go somewhere, if I can, where's kickoff, whatever. All of us, you find to get a place at the dinner table, baby. Let's go. I don't know. Well, you know, I only play this like you become irrelevant real quick. And I've seen it happen to a lot of guys. And that's, that's kind of my message to, you know, some of the guys that came in behind me. Freshmen talking about what they did in high school. I'm like, I looked at one kid. I was like, Dude, I don't give a crap what you did in high school. That don't mean nothing. This is D1 ball. It's Army football. All right. If you can take a couple hits then we, we then we can talk. If you can go where coach needs you, then we can talk. Other than that, shut your mouth and get in line and get down and go. <laughs> Do you remember that first hit that you might have took at practice or that first time that you said, hey, you know, for you as a freshman that this was D1 football and this was real? I think it was um, in practice. It really wasn't practice at it. It was one of the first games I had we played against Boston College. Uh, I was able to get in on kickoff, and we were beating them. Uh, and I was all excited because I'm like, ah, kickoff. 
And man, that's man football. That's big boy football. All right. Coming down the line and then, you know, you, you hit the first guy. I hit, hit my first hit. And then not understanding that there's somebody on the peripheral, right, that's creating a wall. And you run right into them and you're like, whoa, okay. All right. All right. You're like, okay. You, you got that one. All right. All right. It's game on. <laughs> that's that's kind of what I knew. That was one we, you know, against Boston College. But and everybody who, who went to the prep school will probably remember this school. Nassau. Nassau College. Those are grown men who are going from college probably to the pro. Okay. Grown men that I, we were playing against. One dude like had a full beard. I'm like, wait a minute, I'm just out of high school. This so that was probably the one of the, the first times I was really introduced to, you know, that level uh of of when it's time to hit that you got to bring it and it is fast. Yeah, a lot of people and I uh, I recommend this to high school athletes that need a need a year or or whatever that prep school is like. You know, it doesn't have to be the West Point prep school. It can be any prep school. It's a great opportunity to just mature that year, um, especially if you're, you know, your body hasn't hit that that level yet. And, um, you know, we like you said, we played Nassau. We played Milford Academy, played guys like, um, you know, LaShawn McCoy and, and all those guys. Um, and it's a complete it's a huge step up from high school football to prep school slash junior juco. Yeah. football and, and people don't give it a lot of credit because they always compare um you know high school to college which is of course it's that makes sense but the prep school in and and juco's do have you know just like you said i i remember getting uh i think it was against um shoot i can't remember i think it was uh what was it uh maybe hargrave yeah and their, their running back was going to <laughs> i'll never forget this their running back was going to kentucky and I had just fought off a block, and I met him in the hole, and he ran over me and put his chest, his foot on my chest, and I tackled him with the bottom of my face mask. <laughs> and I come back, and it was like third, it was like third, and it was like third and ten or whatever. It was a draw play, and I just remember Coach K be like, yeah, "He's as he's like squirting a water bottle in his mouth, he's like, ha, ha, can't get bitch like that." <laughs> He's like, pump return, pump return. Like, not even worried about it. Just says it in passing. And it was just one of the – I was like, yeah. That was uh, one of the first times I've ever been trucked in my life. I never got trucked in high school. So, that was yeah. uh, definitely uh, an experience. But Yeah, it yeah. is. But, yeah, so you so you got the core group of guys at prep school. Sure. What is the culture like when you get to Army football? Uh, who are the guys, like, you're looking to, who you're learning from? And then kind of when they passed the torch, when did you guys know now it's our team um, and kind of where we need to go to continue to to keep this ball rolling? Well, I had a very uh, – it was very dynamic, at least for me. Uh, all the, you know, uh, was that Mad Dog Maddox, um, uh, who was a couple other guys there. I mean, Joel Davis, I remember him. Again, these, these are guys that I knew and saw – before I even was on a team, right? Uh, I, I, I knew what they were, you know, just that mentality, everything that they, they thought through and, and how they led, right? And the biggest thing that I picked up is the seniors are the ones that run things, all right? Abe, Abe Young, again, you know, I think he's getting ready to retire. But again, all those guys, all of them, I remember them when they were at the prep school. And so now they're, they're juniors and seniors when I'm coming in um, and I saw, hey, they're the ones that run the program. All right. So as a freshman, I'm like, OK, you saw that uh, one things I got twisted. I won't say twisted. I, I got I got sideways with 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 uh, with one of the seniors and felt the brunt of me getting sideways with somebody and knew that there is a thing called pecking order. And you're not at the top. Uh, it was one day with uh, with, with Matt, Mad Dog. I can't go into all the details, but just understood when I opened up my mouth and kind of stood up, I, I went right back to my position real quick after. I was like, okay, 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 okay. All right, you good. We good. We good. We good. We good. All right, I got it. All right, all right. Yeah. You know, I was a little mad. I got it. I got it. I got it. You know, but 
it, it was more so just understanding that, you know, you have a place that you can um, be contributing. If you can contribute to the team, okay, then contribute. Other than that, keep your mouth closed. Don't think just because you got on first team or that you are a on, on the varsity and you're kind of playing with the, the first um, the first element, right? You got the first element, the second element. Just because you got there doesn't mean you have arrived, right? That was the culture we had because anytime, any place, guess what? They will pull you really quick and put you either back down or, or pull you up. So you got to pull your weight. You know, that was kind of what I saw in the guys. And, and when I say the thing was dynamic and different for me, as I got kicked out of the academy. So when I got kicked out, it's like, okay, I, I, where's my tribe at? I'm like, I don't have a tribe anymore. And my, and, and my guys, the people that I knew, like Bobby Williams, um, uh, everyone that went to the bowl game and played against Auburn, I was supposed to be there, right? So I'm seeing them go, and I'm like, I, I don't have a tribe anymore. And again, that's a whole other story trying to get – and then when I finally was able to get back in, it was just a little bit more maturity, and that's when I began to connect with the new group, the class of 2000, like Nate Hunterton. You know, and, and everybody there, those guys, we begin to make a connection. And I begin to like, okay, see where I can contribute. You know what I'm saying? Uh, so that's the part that was dynamic for us, at least for me. And then this is when the class of uh, 97, right? I mean, they were part of the big the big team that kind of helped to get to the 96. And then I saw their leadership and how they led from the front. Again, it goes back to holding people accountable. I don't need coach to hold anybody accountable. If I was something that, that one of the things that really stuck in my mind when we talk about culture, when you knew it was your time to lead, is that you hold each other accountable, not the coach, right? That is juniors, that's the seniors. You holding, you know, you holding each each other accountable uh, was a culture that was developed that I saw that, that kind of really helped me. Yeah, I think. I mean, and we heard it a lot as as cadets, and it's been brought up a few times, but. It's one of the things that uh, Army football prepares you for when you become an officer in the United States Army, right? Sure. It, it, one of the one of the best things I took away from Army football is, you know, basically account team accountability, right? I can't right. rely on anybody outside of my team to hold anybody as as accountable or higher accountable. Right. One of the things, and we'll get to this, but one of the things, right? You taught us when you showed up as Major King to the academy as an OR was um, like you want to be, you know, as a teammate, you want to be the guy catching your buddy, your teammate messed up so you can make the correction. It's right. not cool. It's not cool to be wrong. It's not cool no. to look sloppy. It's not cool not to have a good uniform or your shoes shine or the smallest of details. It's not cool. All right. And it's up to you to hold that person accountable because <laughs> now that I'm here, this is talking, this is me talking as Major King. Now that I'm here, and if I catch him, and I know you knew, oh, now you're now you're in trouble, all right. And that yeah. is that is one of the, um, you know. And I I don't know if that's something that's always been kind of a part of when you were at the culture, but I know you did um, the the what is it the Marine Triple C or the Marine CGS? EWS. Yeah, and and. I remember when I went through Triple C with a with a Marine, one of the things they talked about in their culture is they don't make fun of the guy that's messed up. They make fun of the guy that walks past the guy that's messed up and doesn't make the correction because he's too cool that it, you know, making a correction is not not the cool thing to do. Right. Um right. so it's it's funny I I found those two parallels and then later finding out that, you know, you went to um that that leadership school. Yeah. So. Definitely good. something that was preached early and often under, uh, you know, Major King as the OR of <laughs> uh, of our football team. Stressman, man. You know, we had ORs. Like, I had OR like Stressman, right? Um, I mean, again, those guys were phenomenal in, in how they impacted me and people outside of the program. Because, uh, again, and, and you don't want to let each other down too, right? Again, another part of the culture of, okay, uh, one of the things that carry through is, I don't like people in my Kool-Aid, right? And I shared that with y'all. I don't like people in my Kool-Aid. 
So therefore, I got to make sure our Kool-Aid is good. All right. So let's not get pa- let's get past getting your uniform together. Hey, let's get past get to your class when you have to or whatever that is. Right. Because it takes away from you being able to execute stuff on the dog on field. It takes time. I know that. But we we, we um, it's something that has to be developed over time for kids, I think, for, for athletes to really, really get that to understand it. Can you talk about what happens when you come back to the academy um, and from there, the rest of your uh, time at West Point? Um, when I, you're talking about as far as when I, as a cadet. As a cadet, as a cadet yeah. When, when I came back, it was awkward. If one word I would say was awkward because you had fought, traveled, all kind of things to get back in. And you finally got back in. It's like the person who's like, I want to be number one, or I want to get to this mountaintop. And you get there, and you're like, hey, what do I do next? Right? I had about a good 30 days or so, like, all right, man, well, what do I do now? Well, I'm here. I, I'm, I'm back in. Uh, where do I fit? Right? And so there was a, it was an awkward moment because, again, no entity with the football team, but I wasn't quite – I was on, I was, coach put me on the, on the JV. So, uh, did I get my feelings hurt? Of course you did. You're like, Hey, you know, you know, you know me, it's called humble pie. It's called humility. And I'm like, okay, but that took time. So that's what was, it was a little awkward for me coming back in, but I will tell you, um, yeah, Graham White, Nate Hunter, and, uh, all the guys, uh, Tom Getke, the, the, we just begin to circle around each other and, and embrace, they begin to embrace me. And I begin to have a, a whole new identity with the class of 2000, especially the team is figuring out, okay, a lot of people are trying to figure me out too. They're like, oh man, well, it's come take my spot. Like, no, man, I'm, I'm just like, hey, I, I go hard. That's it, Tony Coulson. I, I mean, we, we connected together like this, right? Um, and that's where, you know, Johnny Johnson, we all just begin to meld together. And that's when I begin to find my spot. Go, go, go where you need it. And sometimes they needed a person to be excited. Sometimes they need a guy who's like, listen, ain't got time to complain. You people want to complain about school and things are hard. I'm like, go see how it is outside. Then come talk to me. They're like, oh, so you couldn't complain around me. That you, you don't I'm like you could not complain around me because that that whole ordeal shaped on how you go forward and that's one of the things that i think i carried me through when i got through the academy when i got as i came back getting back into classes uh getting back and, and again uniforms all those little things that right that people be so concerned about or would mess up no that that was like no my mind was not an issue i'm like yeah my room's gonna be straight yeah i will be where i need to be you know those kind of things those little things that that kind of hung up some athletes, not, not just football players, but a lot of athletes. I wasn't worried about, it. you know, um, especially when working with the coaches, if they need you to do something like Roger, what do you need coach? Cause it was, I, I had it all taken away from me. <laughs> had it all taken away. So, um, so there was awkwardness that came in, but then it was a connection that came back. And then after that, man, it was just grace. Grateful. I'm just grateful for everything that was going on here. I mean, heck, I was at the academy, I think, about seven years, man. Should have been a doctor. <laughs> so, um, is how, um, just because what we like to always kind of hear uh, from, from all these athletes, all these different times, is you have almost, uh, what was it, was it two or two or three years that you were away from the academy? Uh, which mean after I graduated or no, no, with the, that, that break between the two oh, academies. It was, it was, uh, just a, uh, it was just a year. Just a year. Okay. Yeah, just a year. Um, yeah. When you, you, you get this, you get the, an email, a letter. I still have it to this day. Uh, thank you for your service. You'll be on the IA, uh, for another two years. And here's your DD 214. Hey, yeah, I just really yeah. got kicked out of Academy. <laughs> but, you know, but again, it was just a year uh, yeah. and, and was able to get back in. The um, Was there anything, did 
was there any – I know you said there was a good connection, but were you kind of looked at still as like the big brother when you came back once you uh, once you got back and you got – you know, you had Co- Coach Coaxum and, and some guys rally upon you. Did they like, hey, is this how those guys did it um, before us or any of that going on? Um, no, uh, because, again, I think the, the atmosphere had changed a little bit. And, I, again, I was still really trying to navigate – where the best to fit. Um, they knew I was there. I had come back before, uh, which was good. But again, the whole scheme of the, as far as linebacker core and, and free safety, a lot of those things have changed because some of the coaches have changed, not the head coach, but so not a lot came to me as far as, Hey, what do you think we should do? Um, but it was just a matter of, of Hey, Kate, we got, we have somebody here who who's experienced and um, sometimes they just listen. And sometimes I wouldn't even say anything. I'll just say, just figure out where I can help out. And I just swear, it just kind of took my lead from there. When do you get back on the field, and when do you get a chance to to play again and make you know make a difference on the field and in games? Um, so <laughs> everybody remembers this this game. It was against. Uh, I'll never forget. I was on the sideline, uh, well, in the stands, right behind the team. And we were playing against this team. Uh, y'all know the name of this team. It's called Marshall, right? And this player that everyone knows named Randy Moss was playing. And um, he had caught this, caught the ball and really just glided over one of our DBs. I will not say his name in public, but he had the number 47 on. He glided over them, made him look silly, and got to the score. The next day, I got moved to the dog on. <laughs> I got moved up, moved up, uh, up from JV to varsity, and then the coach began to plug me in and, and plug me in against again against some of the other teams that we began to play. Uh, so that's I think that's when I was kind of help being able being able to help out, uh, and then moving from coach like, hey, I'm not going to put you back at free safety. We'll, we'll keep you at, at uh, outside linebacker and then working on different rushes and, and blitz uh, because, you know, being able to get in quickly was, was what we wanted to do. So, and that's yeah, we what were, in fact. Go ahead. Yeah, we were talking on a previous podcast uh, about, like, some of the best players ever to play at Mikey Stadium in kind of the more recent years, not back in the in the day where, you know, it was the glory days. And man, sure. Randy Moss is definitely one of them, right? That performance that he had that day, I mean, that was like, wow. I mean, that's probably still goes down as one of the best performances at Mikey Stadium, I would think. Yeah, yeah, it was, unfortunately. <laughs> <laughs> so so that year, um, that's the 98 season. Um, you know, how, how, are, how did things go after that game once you're promoted, you know, back to the varsity squad and you're able to, you know, get back on the field and make a difference? I think it, that was a hard year. I think that uh, the 98 season was a very hard year because we had, you know, again, um, we had lost a lot of guys. Um, and uh, Satch, Satch Tano, he was, he was kind of one of the leaders out there that I remember saying just how he played, right? Uh, he was, again, one of the guys that was mentored by, by Ben Kotwika. Um, and I think we were trying to find how and what we do as a defense, right? Just different schemes. And so it was a tough year. And I remember that those, you know, we lost the Navy uh, that year. And it was just a lot of people got hurt too, right? Injuries was one of the biggest things that that killed us, uh, especially, you know, he, coach had a scheme and he has his players and how he lined up. And when someone gets hurt, it's like it's kind of sometimes hard to fill in somebody that could like really continue to elevate that, right? Along with the whole other scheme. So uh that was a hard year for us. Yeah, Army fans will I'll be remiss. That was the ninety seven season, not the ninety eight season that year, right? For yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I would I, I'd be called out on that. So uh I got, I got to know that. I got to know that. I got to be up on that stuff. Um, uh, so, so what happens then after? Then what happens at the, in the '98 year for you? Uh, what happens? Uh, 
going well, moving forward, so to speak. Moving forward, what happens is that we we wanted to change the whole schematic because what would schematic meaning coach wanted to to get this is when Lyle Weaver came. Uh, he was a freshman, now he's a sophomore. Uh, and coach changed the whole system to where he'll get Nate Hunterton on the field, me on the field, and Lyle Weaver on the field at the same time. You got Kozak, you have um, Clarence Holmes. You, you get all these key players. You start working how you get them on the field at the same time to where you can have tremendous effects. And that's is where when you're talking about a team clicking and how we study film, oh, my God. I mean, I, I, you're going to hear me say Nate Hunter a whole lot because I, I picked up a lot of things from him. And then on the offensive side, just how they connected together. It was one of those places where we say, you know what, we're going to make a difference. And we did. Um, again, all the games that really come to us that, that comes to mind is when we played against Notre Dame, right? I just remember us getting on that field and everyone was expecting a blowout. No, we were picking up their offenses. We were picking up all their plays and all their things just by understanding, studying the film. And it goes a lot back to just understanding the basics, right? I see what a lot of linebackers sometimes do is that they'll do that like jump step versus reading the play, watching the, those little things that, that we were able to pick up over time. I mean, it just all happened when in the, in the springtime and it just translated to how we communicated, how we studied film how we actually play, how we connect and how we communicate it. And, um, and when someone was able to step up, they stepped up and it was like, Hey, you're cheering them on. And we were able to flip flop so many times, which I loved that. I loved it. Uh, it was just, a, it was not about, Oh, well, he got all the reps. It's like, no dude, he needs to be in there. He's the right guy for that. So, and, and I think it really helped us with being, um, you know, simple selfless. That's um, the the point you bring up about when you have injuries, um, and especially at a place like West Point. Uh, you know, it's not as easy as just plugging in the second string guy and him being able to do everything that the first string guy can do. Uh, I know it's something that we would love for that to be real, and it, it's like that almost everywhere. But um, when you're talking about schemes, and uh, I just remember having Andrew Rodriguez. Uh, as our whip linebacker yeah. and when he got hurt um you know the way we the way we call defense has changed because yeah. we could no longer have that whip that he could line up you know on the outside on the left on the uh, you know on the weak side of the field sure and he could be man on the running back who swings to the wide side of the field <laughs> and Andrew's able to just make that make that yeah. happen somehow he finds a way to get there to where the coach can call that defense to set us up better on the back half because you don't have to worry about that. Um, and I know uh, Chad Littlejohn did a good job replacing yeah. him when he got hurt, but it's just when you said that, that's the that's the first player that came to my mind. Right. Um, you know, while I played, um, yeah. that that I saw the effects of how our how our defensive scheme and our call our play calls change when when you lose a player uh, at yeah. a specific position. Yeah. So key, man. So, okay. So, yes, uh, oh, go ahead, Sam. Go ahead. No, no, you. I was just going to talk about um, kind of that, 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 the, you know, transition from the end of that football season to, you know, right towards the end, you find out what branch you got. What, was that similar back then, too? November oh, yeah. timeframe? Oh, yeah. Yeah. It, it was, but it was, it was different in the fact of, um, so I was a December grad. Mm -hmm. So I, I could kind of, I could weigh my options. And more importantly, this is, you got to understand, right? This is before 9-11. Yep. So if you had a low GPA, right? Infantry, you getting it. Like, hands down. Uh, nothing, nothing wrong with that, right? And and then a lot of people go doing aviation, a lot of people doing logistics. You know, everyone's what I call, they were looking at their five-year plan and to transition out. That's just, I mean, we weren't, we weren't fighting. We weren't, you know, we weren't, you know, we weren't doing a lot uh, when you think about it. Right. But then, so for me that, that was uh, going infantry was like, that was a kind of no brainer uh, for the most part, just because of, it was really, uh, I think when we went on CTLT, 
uh, cadet leadership training that it was different for us. Most of the time, uh, coach wanted coaches wanted us to go to drill training, right, in the summer. Why? Set schedule, set time, very um, allowed us to work out, lift, and not put a lot of stress on the actual player. So when they come back to West Point, hey, they 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 can get back on their program. Well, I do remember there was a West Point grad football player. I, I don't remember his name, but he was a brigade commander. Um, and there was this discussion of, hey, we need to get uh, the athletes a better experience on the Army. And that's when, lo and behold, ironically, 25th Infantry Division had slots, like seven slots for football players to actually go into platoon leader positions. And I remember sitting all in this freaking room. It was about, it was, yeah, it was all of us. All the ones who had the opportunity. And we had to pick out of a hat seven names. Oh my God. Man, I won the lottery. Me, Tony Coxum, and I don't remember who else. I just remember me and Tony Coxum. We got the two sides going to Hawaii. Oh God, that was it. I didn't care where we go. I didn't care if they sent me into the into whatever unit, whatever doing whatever. I did not care. I said, I'm going to Hawaii, man. And so it's so funny though. But that right there, I, I mentioned that, bring it up because that um ironically had my physics teacher who left West Point, was now a executive officer at the 25th and 235 Cacti. And he saw that a cadet King was coming to the 25th to do CTLT. He yanked me out from going from a field artillery unit and put me in an infantry unit. This is, this is all backstory that I did not know. And he got, he didn't get rid of the PL, but he put the PL, the platoon leader, he put him in a, um, what did he put? He put him in a, sent him on an investigation, you know, doing a report while it was just me and a platoon sergeant. Changed my life. Changed my life. I'm like, yep, I'm there with the soldiers all the time. We do hard stuff together. And, and you know, same thing we did with football, same kind of culture. You got to, you, you can't come in talking crap, right? You can't come in talking you're big and bad and can't hold your water. Right. So that was the same way, same mentality. So when they said infantry, man, I was like, done. I already, I don't even want to look at anything else. Like, yep. Plus you get to compete with each other. I mean, that, that, so that, that, that is what it was like for us when we chose our branches. And so, man, I was pumped. That was, uh, yeah, you know, I was just, I recently came out of command last year. Yeah. Um, and I begged, begged. <laughs> For an army football player to do CTLT at the 101st, if they're if they're anywhere on the division, I was gonna try to snag them up. Um, and uh, yeah. I didn't I didn't get an army football player. I got another guy. And I basically, um, you know, not a lot of not a lot of units do this now, where they just they keep the PL there and then you kind of like do it together with the cadet, you know. Um, which you know, my experience wasn't like that. It was sure. um, a Lieutenant, you go. I'm gonna find something for you to do for three weeks because here's the new PL for the next yeah. three weeks. Yeah. Um, and I did mine at Fort Stewart, and that's where I ended up being a PL at. But yeah, yeah. same kind of same kind of deal. I, my my and of course my PL my PLs are like, all right, how do we get this cadet? I would like to do, you know, little did I know they just did the exo, they just worked on the XO's job and they realized how much that sucks. So yeah, yeah. But yeah, but yeah no, um, that's uh, it's pretty funny that you just just begging, just looking in a hat and just like, yes. They picked that took name up and that was it. And Chuck Tressman too, you know, the OR, he really helped influence us, uh, me as well. He's like, dude, you're a linebacker. You hit uh, things. Hey, I <laughs> look, I was when I first look, we I went through some dark years when I when I when I first got the academy, it was you can't spell badass without ADA. I know Carl <laughs> King remembers that. Because that's what I, I was one of the first things I said to him. And he was like, get the. <laughs> he was like, enough of that. Uh, you know, I had, you know, between. Uh, I love that. Don't get me wrong. <laughs> no, no, of course. But as a linebacker and as my, and, and you know, he, he knew my personality very well. Yeah. Um, 
So I got great advice from him, Colonel Rogers, Colonel Polka, great mentors of mine at the academy that um, helped, you know, push me the same way to, to go infantry. And they were just like, look, just just trust us. Like, you, you, you'll – you're the way you kind of lead and in the in, in, in same thing that you said that your your mentors did for you, sir, is, is they made sure – you had you got to feel that opportunity so or that experience more and yeah. um that was kind of all she wrote you know now you are here you are colonel king in hawaii again where it all started huh <laughs> so yeah aloha yeah it's awesome yeah, it is um how, how did you guys meet steve maybe you could tell that story about how oh well i you, you got you I got one of the best stories in the world how I met Major King uh, back when he showed up at the academy when I was uh, – so I just got done. I We had just got – you know, uh, Major Green, Gaylord Green, was our guy uh, that brought me in. And he's very um, – he, he is – he was um, a much different personality than, than uh, Major King and uh, Colonel King. But as I tell the story, it's going to be Major King. Mm-hmm. And uh, – he comes in, uh, you know, looking sharp, always look sharp. You know, I didn't have a haircut. Uh, you know, I, I, and I gave him, I mean, I came and gave him, I gave him one of these, oh, what's up, man? You, you know, welcome to the, like, like he's new here, right? Like, like he ain't been here before. And he goes, what's up, man? He, I just remember his hand just gripping tighter and tighter. Be like, he goes, I'm a major in the army. All right, I'm not no man. All right, that's sir. And I was like, oh no, this is uh, this just changed completely. (laughs) And uh, you know, uh, but I will say that you know, setting the tone definitely set the tone. Um, and I I ran back because I was I was an informal leader at the time. I ran back to the guy like, guys, when you meet Major King, okay, just know, whatever's messed up, he will spot it. Okay, he will say something about it, um, and, and the the tides have changed. Okay, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, th- like like I said earlier, from that from that meeting on, I mean, he has continuously. You know, it's been you know twelve years now, um, and he's just continued to be a great mentor. Look out, you know, whenever I call him for advice or whatever. I mean, he's just always, he's been, he's been my big brother since, since then. Um, and we've, fortunately we've been able to cross paths in a, in a few different spots, um, at different times so we can link up. Um, but yeah, that was, that's how I met, uh, major now Colonel King at the Academy. And it was one of the, uh, it was one of the best things because he became a mentor immediately. And he really like, I, I can't preach it enough when his, the whole, the whole thing about, not being the cool guy and allowing things to slip, I think was one of the biggest things that I, one of the biggest uh, maturity slash leadership traits I took as a young cadet from uh, then Major King. It's like it, when he, cause he'd always be like, look, he, he said it earlier. I don't want anybody in my Kool-Aid. And when he said, like, if I catch it, I know you knew and you let it mess up. Like, I legitimately was like, no, I'm going to catch it all. I will see everything because I do not want Major King catching something that I missed that I know I that I could have that I could have prevented or saved one of my battle buddies from walking into the lion's den and just getting annihilated um, from that. So, um, so one of the, just, one of the best uh, things I could have learned as a cadet. I will tell you – I. I was just coming off my second deployment from Iraq in the middle of, we were getting after. So I still had dust uh, from being in, in, in central. So he always dovetails that story when I tell it with this. So I, I knew this was coming in Baghdad. So I was like, Hey, listen, I can spot some things that people don't see that I'm like, okay, what's that? Right. And so I see stuff. I'm like, no, no, dude. Uh, uh-uh. I need you ready to go. Don't go. we ain't cool, bro? Oh, no, we we ain't grow up together. Yeah, we, we didn't. We didn't, together. We, we, uh, we didn't shoot. We didn't shoot hoops together. We didn't play football together. We didn't do any of that together. So move out. Yep, yep. <laughs> but that translated to really coach. You know, Coach Ellerson. He, uh, 
the ability. That's what I he found again. He used me as I won't say used, but say hey, to get the insights from the players to kind of help shape the players uh, and communicate with them about hey guys, come on man, uh, get your stuff together. Yeah. All right, if I'm finding things like all right, ain't gonna be pretty for you. Not gonna be pretty. So and that was um you know almost uh, the perfect storm of a change in leadership and uh you know Colonel King coming in at that time. Hmm. Uh not to say that the the program really needed it, but there was a there was a a lack of accountability kind of um five and fly um you know do your time kind of well, at least when I got there as a freshman. Um yeah. that's with like um Caleb Campbell, uh Mike Vitti, those guys were all seniors and it wasn't wasn't necessarily uh you know them but it was just it, i don't know what it was around the program at that time but yeah. you know and, and the you know the you know three and nine consecutive yeah. you know you yeah, know kind, kind of hard to argue that there wasn't an issue with accountability um when not much changed um you know west point gets pretty much now now i will say we are getting some really good athletes but yeah. we've been had we've had athletes throughout the years um yeah. and, and it and at West Point, accountability and, and, and film work, like you said, like enjoying film with your yeah. brothers, um, getting the most out of it, where you can read Notre Dame before, you know, as they line up, you're like, yep, mm -hmm. here we go. Yep. Um, yeah. I, I don't think you can underestimate the power of the brotherhood, right? Steve, when you met Coach, uh, when you met Colonel King, right? You can't really underestimate that. And then the impact that he has on you, you had the leadership skills, right? But that brought out maybe even more in you uh, from learning under him, I'm guessing. Yeah, I mean, uh, you, know, you talk about how being a professional, right? And, and one of the reasons we're professionals is because we can always learn. There's always something we can learn across the board, whether that's, yeah. you know, tactically, leadership-wise. I mean, you can, you can go in a meeting with your peers, your superiors, or your subordinates. Um, and if you want to, you can learn to become – better at whatever you're seeking out uh to be better at and um he, that's what that's what he brought he was like yep you guys went uh what is it five and seven cool like there's three games right off the bat i know you guys could have had um yeah. right and uh just just you know the the different relationships and and sure. Um, you know, what he was able to do, like I said, it was like a perfect storm with like how coach Ellerson was, um, yeah. and, and the dynamic he brought, um, where we were at as a program. I don't know. I mean, yeah. do we, do we go seven and six and win a bowl game without major King there? I don't know. I, I don't know. Mm -hmm. I, um, I'm not saying that we couldn't have done it, but I know me personally, I was a better player leader um because of him and uh i've thoroughly enjoyed that he's allowed me to stay around and bother him when i have questions about <laughs> what i'm gonna do what am i gonna do in my life you know so it's a, don't worry don't worry but you know when you talk about brotherhood style I, I will tell you what i enjoyed the most is all the people all the players that we recruited while i was that helped recruit while uh trying to get into the academy I'm connected with them now in the military. They have my freaking phone number and I tell them all day, I'm free chicken, man. I'll tell you perspective that you won't necessarily maybe not get from your brigade commander or from your battalion commander, because again, he's your battalion commander. I just may have to be of the same rank or whatever. And I can give you a different perspective. You know, and Jeff Bacon, he's here right now. Vic, uh, you Guinea brothers, they're here right now. Right. And, and it's like, I had them over for the house. You do not get that anywhere else, any other school, anywhere else. And then we talk about the brotherhood is like hands down, you know, hands down. Uh, phenomenal. I was going to ask you about your connections to like, you know, Army, Army football players and even maybe some that have recently have graduated. But there it is right there. I mean, with Bacon and the Yugeni brothers, I mean, yeah, they're a little removed, but there's still names that people watching their this podcast will certainly know. And there's that not only there's that football connection, there's also that, you know, that the military side of it too, obviously, too, right? So 
everyone, you know, uh, who did y'all have on? I think uh, not too long ago, Holland. Um, Bryce Holland. Yeah. Oh, guess who got his foul in and looked at his foul and got him into the academy. Hmm. Right. I mean, so every that, that's what I is so beautiful. Everyone that's a captain right now. Help them get into the academy and seeing them just just expand and go, man. Phenomenal. Love it. Absolutely love it. So we, we stay connected. And of course, we do stay connected on the um, on the app there, man. So it's it's one of those things where his man just warms my heart. Seriously. Yeah. And it's, um, you know, one thing um, I started doing, you know, I always I kind of did with like my group of Army football brothers, but I never I never thought bigger than that. And then when I was at Campbell and Colonel King was at Campbell, he hits me up um, and he's like, hey, we're getting we're gather everybody you know that was an army football player at Fort Campbell. I'm like, what what are we doing? <laughs> we're, we're going in hot. I was like, where are we going? Are we gonna are we gonna take someone on? And no, it was just he was like low, he was like, No, no, no. We're just hey, we're connecting, networking. We're gonna make we're gonna do an asthma check on everybody, get get eyes on who's representing the brotherhood uh from across, right? Every branch. Every brigade, you know, it was just like, and I think at one point we had like 12 guys. We got lunch together at one of the best wow. spicy hot chicken places ever. Um, JP's Hot Chicken. Yeah, uh, JP's Hot Chicken, baby. Love me some yeah. JP's Hot Chicken. Yeah. Um, but now, um, as I've continued, right, the first thing I did when I got to Fort Carson was I just started trying to figure it out. How many of my brothers from all over, right? Not just the guys I played with, but from you know Dave Pivido's here um, at Fort Carson. Um, I'm running into Clayton Keller, Bill Prosco, um, and then it, it, the the list goes on and on. You know, um, Nightingale's out here. Um, you know, he's not in the army anymore, but he's out here. So um, it's cool. We just did a Founders Day. Uh, event so you know you got b-rod out here we got i mean yeah. it's just yeah. it, it it's it's so cool because when i hit when i when i hit one of them up and i'm like hey you guys want to get together it's it's always like yeah let's figure out when we can do it it's never yeah. like no response or or nah it's not going to work out it's always yeah. let's figure it out um and it's awesome yeah this this podcast has really become great to even uh make that even those connections even spread a little wider, right? We had Scott Flanick on, who's a, a recent grad, a long snapper, who, man, pretty soon he's going to be playing a, a little ball, right, uh, Steve? And we talked about that, and you guys seem to have a good relationship. You've been in touch with some a player that's going to be um, – he's a senior in high school right now, right, Tr- giving him advice. And, you, and you're a guy who says, hey, you have my number now. If you ever need me, I'm here. And I think that that, that that's huge, right, Adisa? That, that's yeah. huge. It's huge, man, and it, it just the connections here, like like Riley. I, I stay in contact with him. All the seniors right now, which is which is neat. The seniors right now that are getting ready to graduate, graduate in the juniors. I remember because I was back there as an RTO, mm-hmm. and so you staying connected with them and understand and say, "Hey, man, I'm here to help you." It, it, it is just a phenomenal, um, not just attribute, but it's that that little bit of oomph that's out there that people don't think about uh, that we think is so unique. If you want to talk about what makes the program and the brotherhood unique, it is that consistent connection. No matter where you go, no matter what class you're in, when you say Army football, guess what? We're going to have a conversation. There's an expectation, right? There's a, there's a clear expectation. And, but, and you love it. <laughs> it's uh, two points is uh, one, you know, it's always you always you know you always have leaders that you know it's a little intimidating when they outrank you. You got their hey, hit me up no matter what, like, and you're like, yeah, I got it. <laughs> like, I'm not gonna hit you up or like, whatever, <laughs> right? But like, what what I've learned from Curl King and I do it with I do it with my guy still is you've got to initiate the conversation. Every once in a while to know that the, the pressure is not on them to reach out to you, right. um, you know, as a leader. And, that, and that's what, you know, Girl, T- Girl King shoots me a note or he gets on Slack or he sends me a, a Marco Polo or, or whatever. And 
Um, <laughs> like I know he he genuinely he genuinely cares and is he's looking for an update, right? He he wants to know an update, and that's why I feel like I can reach out to him and and, and talk to him when I need to. Yeah, yeah, Disa, you you like you from your playing days to when you were back with Steve, and like you said, when you came back recently. You're spanning so many just there, that span of our, that group and that network of Army football players that you have that you've already made connections with yeah. it is incredible. Yeah, I love it. I love it. Just love seeing them, man. It's just seeing them and then shaping and then giving them just perspective. If that's one word that was really given to me um, from Army football players, from, you know, like Chuck Stressman and the ones that came before me, they give you perspective. And that is invaluable. Right. Invaluable. Wherever we go. I mean, from Carlisle, Pennsylvania to here in Hawaii, I find someone again that that play, they give you perspective. And that and that right there again just makes it so unique. One uh one thing I always love is uh it's like when army football players are like, Oh man, I can't oh it'd be so awesome if I was your PL, right, sir? And, and you know, I was like, Look, man, I'm gonna tell you this right now. You're gonna work harder and I'm gonna push you harder. Like you, it ain't gonna be free chicken. You come work for me, <laughs> all right? Like you're gonna work if you come work for me because I know I know what you're capable of, right? Because I've I know what that what yeah. what system produced you. So, um, you know, as I say, you know, when I used to I used to laugh when uh, we had one army. Man, I forget. It was a while ago, but it was when you took over. Uh, one, three, two, sir. And they're like, oh, we're going to, uh, Hey, you think you can, um, you know, see if he can like by name request me or, or whatever. I was like, look, man, <laughs> I'm going to tell you this right now. Be careful what you ask for, baby. You, you're going to need to reach out to him and ask that man, you know, <laughs> if, if I ask him for you, he's automatically going to be like, no, <laughs> not, not interested. You better come correct. If he's going to come to me. So, oh man, you know, what's crazy about that is, is. Yeah. So everyone knows Pat work. Yep. Okay. Uh, I was his battalion S3 and his battalion XO. I, I, and I knew exactly just to your point, what I was getting into. Right. And then his brother and I are very close, but we're, we're close all together. Cause I knew him from when he was playing or when I would come up and visit. But when you're talking about holding each other accountable, I did not want to disappoint him. And I, hey, there's been times where, man, he looked at me. He's like, you don't know what you're talking about. I mean, he he dressed me down, dressed me down. And just like football, I'm like, all right, coach. Yes, sir. Moved out. Say, all right, let's get this together. You know, you stepped up your game. You you don't like, you don't sit there and get in the hole like, oh, God, I'm so sorry. No. You're like, let's get it. And I loved it. I loved working for him. And uh, he always said he would be the bull in the china shop. And uh, Adisa would come up picking up the pieces. And usually that was true. <laughs> you you can go back in our archives. We've had Pat work on the Black and Nation podcast. We had an interview yeah. with him. And, uh, man, I met him at an Army football, uh, the golf club outing uh, years, years back. And uh, he was uh, – to, to get him on and hear his perspective was not just about football, but just about the military and the Army was, I mean – you want to get an education there. That that was uh, something good to listen to, no doubt. So definitely hear where you're coming from. Uh, yeah. Anything? Any other stories before we uh, kind of wrap this podcast up? Any other good ones you have on Steve Adisa that you want to pass along here tonight? <laughs> <laughs> oh my God, man! I, I you know I was anticipating that just a little bit. Um, you know, I can't. The what? The only story that? No, I can't tell that one. I'm sorry. Not, not, I can't. Not what this one right there. That one, uh, it was when we were at uh, at 101st. Just, just some things that he did. I'm gonna leave it at that. I'm, I'm gonna leave. It. I can't tell it on this net. <laughs> I'll tell you over a cold one. We'll have, yeah. to, we'll have to make that happen, Steve, at some time. So, yeah, absolutely. The um, like this was long overdue. Um, yeah. like I said, he's he's been a mentor for mine for you know over 12 years now. Um, and like you guys just heard his Colonel Kings, <laughs> you know, from when Colonel King came to West Point to now that he's, you know, you know, yeah, you know, in Hawaii, 
um, full bird colonel, still rocking the infantry. Um, it just uh, a, just a testament of you know hard work will always uh, always prevail. Um, and the best thing, and I will continue to try to do it as much as I can, is no no matter what, Colonel King is going to mentor Army football players um, and 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 make them better. Um, and and everybody he touches, uh, you know, it's not just Army football players, but he's just a great leader. And I, I'm I am thankful to have him as a mentor, and I look forward to the next time we uh, we link up uh, just to talk about how things have gone. Definitely looking forward to it, man. Definitely. Adisa, well, thank, thanks for joining us tonight. Uh, guys, if you're watching this, please check out our uh, YouTube channel, Black Knight Nation. You'll find interview, great interviews like this. We said Pat Works interviews there, Bryce Holland recently. Yeah. Man, we got some good – and, Steve, we have some good ones coming up too. And check out Black Knight Nation. We have uh, some coverage of Army football spring practice right now with photos. I just wrote a story on Jimmy Charlo. Steve, real quick, I want to get – I want to run this by you. Jimmy Charlo is a sophomore at Army right now. And you talk about connections, right? 2008 season opener, you guys are playing Temple at Mikey Stadium. Jimmy Charlo is a second grader. He's in the stands watching you guys play. And when he leaves that game, he has a mindset that he wants to go to West Point and he wants to be an Army football player. So that's the, that's the, the connections and the power. I'm like, man, I just thought about this before we came on here, that that is – He's watching Steve Anderson play and saying he wants to in second or third grade. He's saying he wants to go to West Point. He lived right 45 minutes from West Point in Ringwood, New Jersey. But check out that story on a Black Knight Nation website. Awesome. Really good, really good story. Jimmy Charles is a guy who's a rising player looking to get some playing time at that Apache position. Um, so there's my there's my plug of the website. Adisa. Great, great catching up with you tonight. You, Steve, this, Steve, this is a really good podcast. Uh, Guys, great, great time tonight. Thanks so much. Yeah. Right, thank you, guys. Yeah. Take care. Okay. Soon, sir. See you. Bye.